0: Thank you, Sarah, for singing. I appreciate that. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 in your Bibles. It's the first Sunday night of the month, so it's my turn to preach. Luke chapter 15. We're going to start off here in verse number 11 in your Bibles, Luke chapter 15. Luke 15, verse number 11 reads, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that, uh, that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all it together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer before we go any further. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for uh, just the services that we have today, Lord. I believe they honored you I believe they glorified you. Now, Father, I pray, Lord, that tonight, that, that first of all, that you would uh, cleanse me of sin and forgive me of sins. Or I pray that there's nothing between you and I as they preach this message. Help each believer here tonight, Lord, to get something from the word of God. Help them to be encouraged. Help them to grow in their walk, Lord. Help us, Father. We love you. Praise all in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a very familiar passage. I'm not teaching or preaching a new passage to you tonight that you've not heard before. That's something that you cannot teach somebody else. I want us to get something out of this sermon. And uh, this sermon is directed towards those who trusted Christ as their Savior, uh, but I've wandered a little bit. Those who have come to faith in Jesus Christ, but maybe you're in a valley right now, or maybe you, you, you have some time that you've spent away from the Lord. This is about the joy of returning. And I can't think of a better picture in the Bible that Jesus Christ has given to us here in this passage about the joy that there is in having Christ. Um, the prodigal son, you know, like I said, many of you know who he is already. But the prodigal son had a good life. He had a good home life, a good father who loved him, a brother who he worked for, uh, people that worked around him. And he decided one day, as we see here in the verse that we just read, that he was going to take up all that he had, all the money that he worked so hard for, that was for his future, and decided then to go and spend all he had. And it's a picture for us because sometimes we like to say, you know what, I can go into sin for a certain amount of time, or I can, I can sin and then I'll just come back to Jesus. But what we see here in this passage is that sin always pays a price. And sin always takes us far than we want to go, and it keeps us longer than we want to stay. And there's no better picture of that than what we see right here. Look down your Bibles to verse number 12. I want us to first of all look at tonight' rebellion. Rebellion that the prodigal son had. Verse number 12 says, that The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me, and he divided unto them his living. Now, so many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted substance of riches, riches living. Verse fourteen. And when he had spent all, there rose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want, and went and, journey, and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Verse sixteen. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the, that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. This man was so filled up with, you know what? I want to rebel against my parents. I want to do my own thing. And that's kind of like the culture we see today, right? Like, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to be my own person. I'm going to follow my heart. And whenever my heart leads me, man, that's where I'm going to go. That's a popular mindset we see today. So that gets us into trouble. Uh, what he does here is that he has this uh, mindset that he values possessions he values a good time more than people. He had a good life there at his father's house, working. He had it all set up for him, but you know what? He that wasn't enough for him. That that wasn't that didn't make him content. That wasn't good enough. And so, according to verse number thirteen and fourteen, he goes out and he spends all of his money. He lives it up, and man, he probably no doubt. I'm guessing thirteen and fourteen verse. What the Bible tells us here is that. Man, spending all of his money, he had a good time. He did. He enjoyed living out there in the far country for a time. And he really lived it all up. And he had all that he desired. I mean, everything that he thought that, man, this is what life is all about. And this is how much fun I'm going to have in life. And he lived it up for a short time. And he really did. He spent all of his money. All of it. Wasted all of it. But then verse 14 tells us something. It tells us and when he has spent all, so notice the timing of this. After he spent all of this money, and then there arose a mighty famine in the land. Now, we're blessed in America that we don't really have famines. We're not, we're not going to go to ShopRite or Costco's tomorrow and there's going to be empty shelves. We've been so blessed that even in the worst of times, we've had plenty of food to go around in this country we we've been blessed in that aspect but back in bible times man there a famine rose in the land man you were in trouble you were in deep trouble and you had to really go out and work for it you really had to go and eating was a luxury if there was a famine in the land it was a terrible thing but the bible doesn't just tell us that there was a famine it tells us there was a mighty famine and so he gets so desperate that the bible says he began to be in want he needed food verse 15 or 6 uh, verses 15 through 16 tell us that uh, that he would then go into the uh, the fields and to feed swine. So he went from having a good job the comfort of his family of his dad working with his brothers the comfort of all of that and then leave it all behind now to feed swine. Now that's a horrible picture. In fact If he's a Jewish man, a Jewish man is not supposed to be with swine. That's an unclean animal. And so I I tell you earlier that sin takes you farther than you want to go, this is exactly what I'm talking about, is that he is so far away from the Lord right here. He's he's in a place where he is not supposed to be. You know, you hate to see it, but you see the homelessness that's in our country, and specifically there's cities that are filled with homeless people. And it's a very sad thing to see. It's very sad. And honestly, there is no need for a lot of them to be in that place. But they themselves decided at one point in time to be like the prodigal son here and go into a far country and live it up. That's exactly the picture that we see this man now, a homeless man who had a nice home, everything back home, but decided to waste it all for a certain amount of time. And so now he's feeding swine. In verse number 17, Moving quickly through the past passage says that when he came to himself, so now he's feeding swine. He's in the fields. No doubt he's hungry. No doubt he's he's lost weight. He's had all the friends that he thought he could have had. He had all the girls. He had all to drink. He had all that he wanted to have. He lived it up for a short amount of time, and then he comes to a point where he sits there and thinks to himself. That happens to us, right? When we go out and live in a far country, when we go out and we sin. And then we had that time where we sit there and we're thinking, man, what did I do? Man, wh- wh- why did I get myself into that situation? And that's what, that's, this is where the prodigal son now is at. Verse number, uh, verse number 17, when he came to himself, he said, How many higher servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? So now he he came to himself. He Now we see here in his life where he is repenting. He has a, a change of mind in his life. And now uh, he wants to change. And he's looking back at his father and thinking, man, they had enough to eat. Man, they all ate at the table together and there was plenty of food to go around. No one left the table hungry. Everybody was sufficient with what they had. But here I am, I'm starving. And here I am, and I am desperate for food. I just want substance. And this is where this man has come to himself. He says, and I perish with hunger. Verse number 18, he comes to himself and he's thinking, and he starts to act now on his repentant spirit. He says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. So notice he has a different action now when it comes to his sin is that in that he uses the terms I. I will arise. He says, um, I will stay and I will go. And so he acknowledges the fact that, man, I myself put myself into this position where I am today. He doesn't look around. He doesn't blame, well, if my father treated me better, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. Or if you know what, if my friends didn't, no, 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 He's not blaming anybody else except for himself. And that's a true test of a repentant spirit is that if we can say, you know what, it was me. Right. It was right. me. We control our attitude. We, can, we may be in a bad environment, but we dictate the person who we're going to be. Some of the best people in the Bible had very ungodly parents. And some of the worst people in the Bible we see had the godliest of parents. Don't let environment dictate who you're going to be. You, you have the ability through the Holy Spirit to say, hey, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be changed. And so this is what the prodigal son now is that. That's a good reminder for us is that man, when we sin, man, it's, it's me. Nobody's to blame for your sin except for yourself. So he says, I will arise, and I'm going to say, and I will go. Verse number 18, he says, And I have sinned against heaven and before before thee, verse 19, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. So notice he says here that I have sinned against two, against heaven, and against his father. He says, I am no more worthy. So, he falls into, first of all, this place of rebellion. I'm going to act up against my father. I'm going to act up and I'm going to live it up. And then he, then he falls into sin. He lives it up and then, you know what? He has this moment now where he's in a repentant state of mind. He's changed. And so, verse number 20 tells us, tells us what happens next. It says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The father saw him a great distance away. And so what does that tell us about his father here? Is that, you got to think about this, this, his father was probably looking for him every day. No doubt the father here in this picture is wanting his son to return. He was not angry about his son leaving. Maybe he was definitely sad. But you know what? He wanted nothing more than to see his son come back home. And so the, the father would run to him in love. And the father said that he had compassion. And that he ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. And even though the son brought to grace disgrace to the family. and And this... Prodigal son should have been, um, should have been punished. Leave your finger here, but turn over to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter twenty-one. In Deuteronomy chapter twenty-one, in verse number eighteen. It tells us here about a rebellious son this was the old testament law and this is what the old testament law has to tell us about someone who is rebellious in deuteronomy chapter 21 verse number 18 if a man have a stubborn and rebellious son which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother and that when he have chastened him it will not hearken unto them then shall his father and his mother lay a hold on him and bring him out into the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. You can jump back to Luke 15. But man, that was the Old Testament law. Man, that's pretty intense. Imagine that happening today in 2023. Man, that would be all over the news. That's all we would hear about. Is somebody getting stoned. And that's obviously not something that we would uh, accept or uh, would have today. But that was the Old Testament law. And so why did they have that? So that way no one else would be rebellious. That they would see the punishment of their sin. And obviously today there should be punishment for sin. When it comes to a father or mother chastening their kids. And that was the picture and so, the, the, the father here could have stoned his son. According to Old Testament law, he had that right. But the Bible tells us something different. Is that he ran and fell in his neck and had compassion. Because so I believe the father knew the heart of his son coming home. He knew it wasn't coming home with this, his son with a, a stubborn attitude. With a, a cold heart. A heart that was angry against his brother or his father. But he knew, I think the father knew, that he had a repentant spirit about him as soon as he saw the countenance on his face. And so, the son, according to verse 21, says to him, And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. And the son here decides, you know what? He was willing himself to be one of the servants. He, wasn't, he did not want to go back. To being the son anymore. The loved son who had it all. He was willing to go back. And work for his father. As one of the workers. As one of the servants for his dad. And he went from. If you look back in verse number 12. And, and, and verse number 13. It's saying you know, give me. You know, give me my inheritance. Give me my money. That he, he went from that state of mind. To what we see here of I am not worthy. You see a totally different person. It's literally two different people. It's night and day. He had everything he wanted in the far country. He did not realize at the time. But he had that home. All all the the glory. the, The fun. He didn't realize. But he had all of that back home. And it wasn't until he came to his senses that he said to himself... Man, I really had it good back home. Man, I I really miss home. The father was forgiving. Look at verse 22. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put on a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and he is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. So he, the father was a forgiving man himself. The, he had, the father would give him the best robe to his son. Uh, a, a, the ring was given to his son. That was a sign of sonship. He gave him shoes. And then a feast would be prepared for his son. Now that's a lot for his son. And what, what we're seeing here in verse 11 through, through 24 is just a beautiful picture. Isn't it? And what do we think of when we see verse 11 through 24? I can't help but think about Jesus Christ and you and I, right? Amen. That's, that is just the picture of it. Because there was a time in your life and in my life when you and I were in the far country. When you and I decided, you know what, I'm going to live it up. Whether that was your teenage years or that was your young adult years or maybe that you went through a midlife crisis, I don't know. But you know in your life, man, you said to myself... I am going to live it up. Amen. I'm just going to do whatever I want. You know what? We can. We have the free will to do that. Do we not? Right now, at any moment, you have the opportunity to sin. But you know what? You also have the opportunity at any moment and at any time to come right back to the Father. Because the Father is waiting for you. And the Father wants you to come back to Him. This is a picture of Christ. Rebellion draws us away from God. That's what rebellion does. Rebellion draws us away from God. And sometimes we come to ourselves, and we say, you know what, I've had enough of this, or you know what, I've tried living for Christ, or you know what, I did that whole church thing, and it just didn't work out. And so we'll go off into a far country. You know what oftentimes happens is that we get into ourselves into a dark place, a miserable place. And then we, like the prodigal son, We come to ourselves, And we know what? There comes a time where we just think, man, man, I had it all when I was with my Heavenly Father. My life was the best when I had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And my life was good when I was living for God. You know what? Maybe tonight you're sitting here, and I don't know where you're at, but you're saying, you know what? That's where I'm at right now. I remember a time in my life, man, where I was so close to Jesus Christ, but then here I am now, man, I'm just not as close to God as I used to be. Man, I want to be that close. And maybe you're like the particle son, Now you're thinking upon yourself, man, you just want to get close to God again. And if you lost that fire, you're not as close to God as you were before, the best thing I can say to you is go back to where you left off. Pick up that Bible again. Start praying it again. Amen. Come to church. Do the things that God has told you to be. To be a successful Christian and are you can be as close to God as you want to be. The Bible says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Repent, the Bible tells us, and then come to Jesus Christ. Repentance draws us to Jesus Christ. And there is rejoicing when there is Christ. And when you come to Jesus Christ, he's not there to say, you know what, I told you so. He's not, he's not getting on to you because... God is just happy to have you home. God is happy to have his children back. God never celebrates when one of his children go off into a far country. Never celebrates. And God is sorrowful when you go off. But you know what? God loves it when you come back to him. And God desires that. And God wants that for every single person that's here and listening. Like God desires that that relationship be destroyed. Uh, be destroyed. Uh, be rekindled again and so the, the father here is, is a picture of christ and his love for us and no matter how long that we've been in the far country if we go to christ he's going to open up with open arms to go right back to him and so we have to have a repenting spirit turn over to james if you would i like us to see this passage You go to James chapter four, in verse number four. It says, "The adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God." You may be saved, but also you can be you can be in the world. You can be you can you can backslide. And you can go off into the far country. And the Bible says, the Bible calls us adulterers and adulteresses when we break this relationship with Jesus Christ. When we essentially cheat on Jesus Christ. And we say, you know what, I'm going to love the world more than I love Jesus Christ. What does the Bible say in the Gospels? You cannot serve God and mammon. You have to choose one. What does God hate? He hates a lukewarm Christian. He says that he'll spew you out of his mouth. He he wants no no part of that. God wants you to be all in for Jesus Christ. And there's no life worth living than one that is for Jesus Christ. Verse number 5, Do you think that the the scripture saith in vain the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, And he will flee from you. Draw an eye to God, and he will draw an eye unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double minded. Now we are like I said before, we are as close to God as we want to be. So the question is, how close are you to God right now? The prodigal son was a great way off from his father. It was a great way off. But then you know what? He decided one morning I'm gonna go back to my father. And you have that opportunity tonight, Christian. That if you're far away and and God's not first place in your life, then yes, you are in the far country. And you're not going to live that, that happy life, that fulfilled life that you want and that you desire. Because the only way that you're going to have that life, the life that has meaning, that has purpose, that has fulfillment, that has the peace that passes all understanding... And the only way you're going to get through that is with having Jesus Christ. Now, most of you know what's happened in my life this past month. It was a very difficult time for my wife and I to to lose our baby and to all all that we went through. And you know what? I I sit there sometimes and I think about it. uh, Where would I be right now if it wasn't for Jesus Christ? Where would I be? Man, I would be destroyed right now if it was not for Jesus Christ. And it's weird because it was this weird, and I guess it's Jesus Christ, so it's not weird. But this peace that comes upon you, knowing that, and God's in control, and then God just God kind of just gives you that peace. And those of you who've kind of been there, you know what I'm talking about, and you have that peace in your life. And even though it's dark, and you're supposed to be miserable, and you're you're supposed to be just depressed, and it's like you know what, God's in control, and God has a reason for it. I don't understand it. Why did this happen? But God's in control, right? And so, you know what happens most times? That we'll go off into a far country through times of struggles. And a time of valleys in our life. When we say, man, something, this, this is bad happened to me, you know what? I'm going to go off into a far country. And that's where the devil wants you to be. That's where he wants you to go. But that, that's all the more reason then to turn to Jesus Christ. And so to draw an eye to God is an everyday experience. It's not just, I'm going to draw an eye to God on Sunday, and I'm good Monday through Saturday. You know what, I said I love Jesus on Sunday, and so I'm good. You have to live for God every single day. And you can go into a far country in just one hour, in one day, and then come back to Jesus Christ but drawing eye to God is an everyday experience that we have to live out and have a desire and strive for of I want to live for Jesus Christ and I want Him. I want Him. And of course, you know, there's been times in my life, maybe times in your life where we just wandered off a little bit into the far country. And we just wanted to, to tip our toes into, into sin and see what sin is like. And rebellion is in us. Having a heart that is deceitfully wicked is what the Bible describes our heart as. And so you say, you know what, I, I have no chance of being like what the prodigal son did. Well, yes, you do. You go a day without reading your Bible, you're putting yourself into a position to fail, to go into the far country. So, like I said, drawn out to God is an everyday experience. So, you need to. How close are you right now to spiritual destruction? How close are we? And so. The point of this sermon is that there is joy in returning to Jesus Christ. There is joy. The best thing that the, that the father wanted was for his son to come back. And the best thing for you to do in your life right now, is if you're far away from God, is just to simply go back to God. It is that simple. There's not some great scheme you need to do. You don't need to come to church and, and work in the church for 12 months and then say this many Hail Marys and give this much to the church. No, no, no. It's just one prayer of God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. With the repentant spirit, and God is right there open, opened up with open arms to welcome you back and say, I forgive you. Because, man, we serve a merciful God. A God who is just. A God who is loving. And His mercy endureth forever. Amen. Man, I love that. Man, I love our God. There's no God that God I'd rather serve than Jesus Christ Himself, right? Amen. And so tonight, if you're in the far country, the best thing for you to do is to go back. And my, my message, my warning to you is that you will never find the, the peace, the contentment that you think that's in the far country than that you can have with Jesus Christ. That's my message to young people. That's my message to people who are older. That going off into the far country is not worth it. It is not fulfilling. It is not a life that's worth living best life you could ever live is one that's for Jesus Christ. Amen. If you live for Jesus Christ and if you're someday you're on your, on your deathbed, you will have no regrets with your life. But you know what happens oftentimes is that people who go into the far country for long, long lengths, long periods of their time in life, all they have is regret. And they think back, of, man, I wish I would have done more for Jesus Christ when I was younger. But you yourself right now can say, I'm going to be all in for Jesus Christ. Forget the past. Live right now in the present and what Christ can do for you. And then we can see God do great and mighty things in your life. Let's go ahead and go to God in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, the person that you are, that you are a loving God, or that you are a God who is merciful, for God who is loving and is always wanting us to come back, even though daily we fall into sin. Lord, you are very merciful. And God, I love